I'm Randy Peterson. If you are drafting your fantasy preaching team, I am currently fourth on the Hope Church depth chart. But I'm dropping fast, so pick me up while you can. Uh, seriously, I am uh, uh, delighted to fill in on a holiday weekend uh, for uh, some of our other preachers. Uh, I've been, uh, many of you I know very well, I've been uh, teaching the Bible at Hope uh, for, well, since the beginning. And uh, I am delighted to be here with you for, uh, for some of our friends online. Hi, I'm, I'm Randy and I'm uh, going to be continuing the series that we've been in for the last uh, five weeks of the Gospel According to David, looking at this Old Testament character and learning from his life. This last uh, message will be dealing with David as a songwriter. And uh, so I look forward to digging into that with you. Uh, how many of you have seen the show High School Musical? You, I'm getting a few hands, okay, good. Good. I mean, it's, it was a movie, it was a series, it was sequels, Disney milked that thing for all they could. And uh, I had never seen it and, and was preparing this message and thinking that it would be a good uh, analogy for me. And so I streamed it and got halfway through it. And, and it's fine, it's fine. I don't dislike High School Musical. It's just that I lived it for 11 years. I was directing the Spring Musical at my old high school back in the 90s for 11 years in a row. And we did, we started with The Music Man, we did Into the Woods, we did Secret Garden, we did Pippin, we did Godspell, we did Carousel, we did Camelot, we did a few others that I'm sure I've blocked out of my memory. Um, I learned a lot about musicals in those years. Um, I also learned a lot about life, about myself, about all sorts of things, but we're not gonna get into that. Um, you know, before that, musicals always seemed kind of weird to me. You know, you're, you're watching people on stage talking with each other, and it's a normal conversation, and then suddenly they burst into song. What's that about? You know, so hey, Good to see you. Weather's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. And what? What's that? It's a whole different dimension that happens. It's not real. It's, it's not the way people really talk. Hey, I like you. Let's go out for a cup of coffee. If ever I would leave you. No, we're just starting this relationship. It doesn't work like that. It's a different dimension. But as I learned more about musicals from the inside out, understanding how they worked, I realized it is a different dimension, but it's just as real as the outer dimension. It may not seem as realistic, but what's happening is that you're seeing the inside of the characters, their inner emotions, their inner desires. You're hearing that come out of them in this different way, in song. And so, yes, it's not the way people normally talk, but it is just as real as they talk. It's not the way they've covered over their emotions. They're letting their emotions out now in this special way of the stage musical. So hold that thought, because we're gonna talk about David. 
And in the previous messages, we've looked at this, this epic character of David as a king, as a warrior, as a shepherd, as a sinner. And we've seen how important he is in the story of what God has done with his people. And now, we look at him as a songwriter. There's a, there's a great verse toward the end of David's uh, life. It's at the end of the book of 2 Samuel, kind of summing up what David did. And uh, we'll have that on the screen uh, now. David, son of Jesse, was the man whom God made great, whom, God, whom the God of Jacob chose to be king, and who was the composer of beautiful songs for Israel. We have the book of Psalms, 150 songs from the history of, of Israel, sort of the hymnal of ancient Israel. David wrote almost half of them. 73 of them are attributed to David. And some of them are specifically tied into different moments of his life. We know that David uh, played a stringed instrument to uh, calm King Saul down. Didn't work too well. Uh, When he hit wrong notes, he had to dodge spears that Saul was throwing. Um, But uh, so we know he was a musician. And we know that he composed these songs from the inside out. We get a glimpse of David's heart and what our hearts might be like in our, uh, as we express our relationship uh, with God as well. It's not unrealistic as we look at the Psalms. It's an inside out dimension. It's a different view of reality. I want to talk about three different types of songs that David wrote, and, uh, and I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to come back to it at the end, but I want you to be thinking about it as we go. The, um, the question is, what kind of song do you need to write? As you sit here this morning, as you watch online, what song do you need to write to express where you are in your relationship with God. The three different types of of songs that David wrote, we're gonna start with one that might surprise you. A song of complaint. David was not shy about complaining to God. Psalm 22, we read, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God is not doing his job, David is saying. You promised to be near me, to be with me, and you're not. Why do you seem absent from my life? Now, that may seem sacrilegious to you. That may seem like it's disrespectful. God, the the great creator, God, our, our loving leader, how can we say those things to God? And yet, Scripture continually invites us to turn our souls inside out and not cover over those thoughts when we have them, but to bring them out to God to let him know how we really feel, even if it's not entirely positive. 
Abraham, Moses, Samuel, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, other prophets, all of these people told God what they really thought. Even if it wasn't always complimentary. You may even remember these very words as words that Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you might think that these words, that words like this might hurt a relationship with God, but actually they seem to, they seem to help. Think about it with um, a, a friend of yours. Say a friend does something that really ticks you off. They borrow your hedge clippers and never give them back. Or they don't show up for an important event that you invited them to. They, they just, they've made you mad. And what if you didn't say anything about it? What if you just covered it over and said, okay, well, I'm not, it might hurt the relationship if I, if I mentioned it. And so you cover it over. You ignore it. And you go for years and years. What does that do to your relationship? It poisons it. You have these toxic feelings of bitterness there. This friend isn't such a friend after all, and over time, the friendship dissipates. You lose that friendship. That happens a lot with people when they do that with God, when they have those feelings buried inside but covered over, and they don't tell God exactly how they feel. Many of you know this in a, in a marriage, how when you ignore issues, they fester and they hurt the relationship. The best thing is to let the inside out to express what you're, what you're really feeling. You know, I've noticed something in the more recent stage musicals. Yes, we're back to stage musicals at this point. Um, that there was a time, there were old Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals where, where songs were static. They expressed how a person was feeling at a, mo at a particular moment. But somewhere around 30, 40 years ago, song, uh, the musical started to become more dynamic, where people, um, uh, where people moved over the course of the song, where they expressed themselves but discovered something about themselves. This, and may, maybe there was a relationship and they learned something new about their relationship in the course of the song. And so the person at the end of the song was a lot different from where they were at the beginning. The song kind of takes a journey we find that also in the Psalms. In so many of these Psalms of complaint that we find by David and other psalmists as well, we see them starting out with this big complaint. You have forsaken me, God. You are sleeping on the switch. You are not doing your job as God. But it moves on subtly. Verse by verse, it, it moves into, God, I really need you. I depend on you. I've, I've built my life on you. I need you to come and help me. And I trust in you, God. You're important to me. Please come and help me in my time of need. And so as the psalm goes on, it starts out as kind of enemies, but it winds up being, I am trusting you. I am counting on you. There's a journey into a relationship because the psalmist is honest about complaining. 
So we have, uh, we actually see that in Psalm 22 where, where it started, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Later on, it, it, it expresses, do we have this on, on the screen, the later? Uh, but you, Lord, and this is just one verse in this long psalm, uh, but I've picked it out. You, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. There's a moment of need, but the psalmist is counting on God, trusting in God. The relationship has moved somewhat closer. So, my first question to you. Is this the song you need to write? Is this the song of disappointment, of complaint? That God has not done what you expected. Bring it to him. Turn your insides out and be honest about how you feel about what God is doing, but then let that take you on a journey. Express your feelings and then listen to God's response and see how that might lead you from pain into something more trusting. The second type of song that David wrote, and and we could talk about eight or 10, we're talking about three today. Uh, The Psalm of Complaint, this is a song of confession. Uh, this is attached to that time. We, it was, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, David's great sin where he, uh, he used his power as king to take a woman he wanted and then in trying to cover it up arranged for the death of her husband. There is no way to shrug this off. David did something terrible. And I don't want to lessen this at all, to lighten this at all. This was a grievous, grievous sin. And David ultimately recognized that as God sent a prophet to challenge him. And he writes this psalm. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. David is throwing himself on the mercy of a merciful God. And again, there is no way to paper over what David did here, but I, I share it with you because whatever you are dealing with in your life, if you feel a certain shame for something that you've done, as bad as what you've done is, if David could be forgiven for this terrible thing, you can be forgiven too. David went on to write in, uh, later in that same chapter, um, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I'm interested in how David does not make excuses. He does not tell God, oh, I was under a lot of stress at the time. I'm sure you can understand why I would make some bad decisions. No. He acknowledges he did wrong. There's no excuse for it. He doesn't say, I'm going to show you, I'm going to deserve forgiveness here, I'm going to turn my life around. He doesn't say that. He says, you, God, I need you to remake me, create a a pure spirit within me. Help me to become a new person. 
And that's what happens when we bring our song of confession to God. We say we have no excuses. We have no merit on our own. We're not going to rebuild our lives on our own. We need you, God, to forgive our sin and help us to start over. And God promises that he will. He does. He shows us mercy. Maybe you have that shame festering inside of you and you need to bring that inside out and express that directly to God. God wants to hear from you. God wants to forgive you. Just bring that out, and that's the song you need to write. The third type of song I want to talk about today is, I I would call it a a song of connection. Uh, We heard these words in the video er, earlier, um, but it's uh, from Psalm 63. Uh, It's a beautiful expression of a person in, in their need for God, in their appreciation of what God means to them. And I'd invite you to to look at the imagery used, the metaphors here. If you are an English teacher, you you will love this. Um, This is is poetry of a a high order here. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And later, he says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. And even later, he says, "Um, because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. In all of these ways, and I'm just picking pieces of this psalm, but there are beautiful ways that David is expressing his relationship with God, what God means to him. He is using all the artistry at his disposal uh, to do that. Uh, Many of you know Psalm 23 very well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That psalm is very similar to this. It paints a picture. He leads me through green pastures, by still waters, in the presence of my enemies, He, he invites me to dinner. He leads me through a dark valley of the shadow of death, but he is with me. That this is all expression in poetic terms of what God means in my life. If you were to write that psalm today, you might talk about a commute to work. You might talk about a pandemic ravaging the world, but how God has taught you more about yourself in this time, how God has brought your family together, how you feel comforted by God how God has healed you and helped you. Is that the song you want to write for God now? What song do you need to write today? And by song, maybe it's not a song. Maybe you're not that musical. Maybe you're a word person and so you want to write a poem. That's good. Maybe you're visual and you want to paint a picture. Do a drawing, create a sculpture, take a photograph, put together a video. Maybe you want to do a dance or a theater piece or whatever it is. 
whatever your artistic expression is, find a way to to present that, to take the insides of what it means to connect with God and bring it out and share it, give it life. That's what David was doing in the Psalms and that's that's what we can do. You know, here at Hope, we talk a lot about the importance of sharing our faith. There is something um, that, that wants to move outward about our relationship with God. We, we have this great treasure that we want to share with others. But you know, I think a lot of people get freaked out by that. Um, that's a technical theological term, sorry. But um, they, they, they think that they have to become preachers. They think they have to become debaters. They think they have to convince everybody to believe exactly what they believe. And this is an argument that they have to enter, and that scares them. They're not ready for that. And I'm telling you, the more I read scripture, that's not what we're being asked to do. What we're being asked to do is to bring our insides out and express the reality of what is in our heart in a million different artistic and creative ways. Share what is real. And what's interesting is that it may not always sound, just like those musicals, it may not sound like normal conversation. It's not like talking about the weather, but it is real because there is something really amazing going on inside of you that you can bring out and share with the people around you in winsome, wonderful, creative, engaging, interesting ways. Let it out. Share it with others. That may be the song you need to write. So we've looked at these various types of songs. The song of complaint, which is something you bring right to God, right? You tell God how you feel about things and then listen because God is going to respond and you may wind up having a much better relationship than you began with. It may be a song of confession that you bring to God and just lay yourself out on his mercy and receive the forgiveness to take that burden off of your soul so that you can start something new with God. Or it may be this song of connection that you sing for God's praises, you share it with other believers, but maybe also you bring that out into the rest of your life. Other people who don't yet know God, who might need to get an image of God as somebody real, somebody important, somebody amazing, your rock, your drink of water on a, on a hot, thirsty day, your energy supply. Whatever God means to you, you may want to share that with them. Well, you know, it's a holiday weekend. You may have some extra time today or tomorrow, and so I'm gonna give you an assignment should you decide to accept it. You may just be relaxing all day or doing a barbecue or watching a game or whatever, and that's fine, it's a holiday. Maybe you could carve out some extra time, a half hour, an hour. Maybe it's a family activity. Maybe, maybe you, if you have family around you, you, you get everybody involved in a creative project there. But together, you create a song. Maybe not a song, maybe it's another sort of art 
event that you create, a play, a dance, or something, but you take the insides of your experience outward. You bring it out and you share it with God, you share it with others, you share it with your world, just like David did. What song do you need to write today, tomorrow, this week? Write that. Thanks.